everybody. Welcome to episode, audio episode three, and technically episode four. I got to decide what we can call this episode four, audio episode three. I haven't decided yet. I think we'll just go with straight up numbers. So we'll just call this episode four. Um, I just think it makes life easier. The very first episode of this was actually an interview with uh, one, uh, one championship vice president, Rich Franklin. Many of you may know him as the, uh, former champion in the, uh, in mixed martial arts in the UFC, but he's now the vice president of one championship based out of Singapore. So we will count him as episode number one. And one of these days I do have to take that, um, take off the video because that was a video based one um, because on the Thrive Life podcast here we will have video and we will have audio I'm trying to keep the uh, interviews if I can very video based uh, and then all the ones where I'm just talking um, and sharing um, kind of knowledge and stuff like that I can try to keep those audio um, and then what I can do though is I can take the video ones and actually make them audio so we can have both um, so we're, let's call this episode four so what I want to talk about today is optimal exercise because all the time you get asked as a fitness professional, as a lifestyle coach, whatever it is, you know, people come to you and they're always asking you that, what are the best exercises? What is the best exercise to do? What's the best kind of exercise? What do you think about this and what do you think about that? And, Really, that's there, there is no real, there is no such thing as the best. That's like me saying to you, well, what's the best food? We all have an opinion on what that's going to be. Um, but there really is no best exercises. Um, you can say there's some fundamental ones that everybody should know and they really should be the cornerstone of your training. So we're going to talk about those. Um, they're kind of your, your big ones that everybody should do a lot. So I guess if you had to say which ones are the best, it would be those. But there really is no such thing as a best. There's definitely good exercises that are really good for certain times. You know, like for instance, a thruster, which is kind of a squat to an overhead press. That's a great one for when you're low on time and you're, um, you know, you, you don't have a lot of time, you, you want to burn some calories, it's just a great one, you know, one of the workouts I like to do when I tell people they don't have time, I say, well, listen, take five minutes and do as many rounds as you can or as many reps as you can of thrusters. That is a, just a huge movement. So if you were to ask me, okay, if I only had five minutes, what's the best exercise to do? I would say that's going to be thrusters. If you were to say to me, I want to build some just massive strength, what's the best exercise? Well, I would say probably back squats or deadlifts. Um, now if I wanted to build the best upper body strength, what's that going to be? It's probably going to be a, a pull-up for sure because pull-ups largely ignored. Overhead presses, bench presses, kind of a combination of those. So really when we're talking about optimal exercise, um, it really depends a lot obviously on your goals. You know, is your goal fat loss? Then it's going to be one style. Is your goal strength? It's going to be another style. And if your goal is power, it's going to be something else entirely. But what we're going to talk about uh, of this is because... You know, we're not really dealing, most of you listening are not going to be professional athletes. Most of you are just working out to feel good, to make your life easier for health, okay? I think we're all in that age group now, you know, I'm 40 going to 41 where we're not really concerned about ripped six-pack abs anymore, you know, being in the single-digit body fat percentages. The idea of eating cans of tuna and, you know, training you know, two hours a day and just ridiculousness is... Uh, 
No, thank you. And I think most of you are going to be there with me. Um, we are going to do another episode, by the way. And the next episode coming up will be on optimal nutrition. We're going to talk about optimal exercise right now. And we're just going to talk about it from general health. So there are a few guidelines and, and sort of things that I would suggest personally if you were to say to me, hey, for optimal health, optimal, you know, um, phys, you know, for my fitness level, for body strength, uh, to help you know, keep the fat levels low, keep the hormones high, what kind of exercises should I be doing? And I would say, well, number one, we want to focus on compound exercises, okay? Those are your big, big muscles, muscle group exercises, things that involve more than one joint moving at a time. So think like a squat. A squat, you got the ankle, you got the knee, you got the hips. So those are going to recruit a lot of muscles. So when we're looking at compound exercises, um, we can name a whole bunch. We have the, you know, the variations on squats. We have your deadlift. Um, we have your bench press, we have your pull-up, we have your overhead press, and then you can get into fancier stuff like your Olympic lifts and, and, and kettlebell swings and all that sort of stuff. But what we want to be talking about is those big exercises, and because they recruit so many muscles, because when you're doing something like a squat, you have so many muscles firing, they're going to A, help burn more calories than say a, a bicep curl. If you think about it, just think about it. So I'm doing a full body weight squat with a bar on my back, moving you know up and down all the way from the floor all the way to standing, or I'm standing there moving my elbows up and down. So if you just think about it like that, it just makes more sense that you're gonna burn more calories. The other thing that you're gonna to do too is you're gonna increase more um, hormones, some key hormones when you're doing the bigger compound movements and those would be, um, it's gonna to help to your body to increase its level of growth hormone. It's gonna start spike that more than smaller movements will. And it's gonna also help to increase testosterone and that's a good thing and I know probably a, a whole bunch of ladies right now, oh no, you know, but no, you want testosterone. The fact is you have like 150th the testosterone of men, which is why women have such a hard time losing weight compared to guys, because it's the testosterone. Now, if you increase that by a percentage or two, it is not going to turn you into a man. It's not gonna do anything like that. All it's gonna do is give you more energy and help you lose fat and help you get a little bit stronger. That's all it's gonna do. So, focusing on those big compound exercises. Most of them you're gonna be standing on your feet or pulling yourself up, okay? Um, now, the next thing you wanna do is for those big movements, you want to know your numbers. So what does that mean? Well, right now I'm here at a Metcon in Thailand and I'm looking at the board and I see 36 names on there, basically all the members that come here. And across the top, and I'll post a picture of this as well um, in the comment section, across the top, you can see all the different uh, acronyms for the exercises. So BS is um, back squat, OHP, overhead press, he has a whole bunch of things listed out there. And then underneath it, beside the people's names, is the weights that they've done. So those are pretty much, for the most part, the heaviest weights that they've done, either for one rep, for three reps, or for five reps, whatever it is. Um, we had a very recently a clean and jerk competition here today, just a fun one where people competed against themselves. And the goal was to beat your personal record. So and then you would go and you would update that board. So you really want to know your heaviest lift for all those major exercises. Because without that, you're really always just guessing. You're always just going to be kind of messing around. It's kind of like when you make a, think of it like a recipe. 
Everything, you have to have a recipe and it's got to tell you, okay, one cup of flour, one egg, one milk. What if it just said flour, eggs, milk, and you had no idea? You had no idea how much to use. Every single time that you made the recipe, maybe, maybe by luck, it'll be really good. Most of the time, it's probably not going to be good. Maybe a lot of times it's going to be in the middle. A few times it'll be a disaster. So that's why you really need to know what your numbers are so you can... You know, so every time you go into the gym, you can say, okay, am I making progress? Or this is what I need to do. This is what I need to set the weight at because this is what I'm capable of doing. And you know how to work your way up. So things like your back squat and your front squat are two you're going to want to know. Um, can you do a pull-up? Yes or no. How many pull-ups can you do? Uh, your bench press, uh, your overhead press. Um, and really, and your deadlift. So those are kind of your big ones. You don't have to get into a lot more detail than that. I mean, if you're in Olympic lifting, you can start getting into clean and jerks and everything like that, snatches. But for the most part, for general health, probably not. I don't even really suggest doing the Olympic lifts a lot um, because they just take a lot of effort. Um, and, you know, there's something that you could learn for sure, but those basic kind of powerlifting exercises, those basic gym exercises, um, are going to be a lot easier and you're just going to get more bang for your buck at the end of the day. So, um, but knowing your numbers on that, which is called your one rep max, right? So that means you keep working on it, working on it, and then you see, okay, how heavy can I go till I can only lift this once? So I can only lift it once with good technique. If I added any more weight, there'd be no way I'd able, be able to complete the movement. That is called your one rep max. And you want to know it for those few exercises. Then from there, you know, there's a whole world of opportunity. If you want to work on endurance, well, then you know you're going to have a, use a much lighter weight than that. If you're trying to get stronger, then you know that you're going to use that number a lot more often. If I'm trying to get stronger, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to use this one rep max or, you know, 85 or 90% of it a lot. If I'm trying to get endurance, well, I'm probably never going to go near it. I'm going to cut that number in half and I'm going to do a lot more reps. So, you know, knowing your personal records or your one rep max on all that sort of stuff uh, is going to be important for those few exercises. From there, um, you know, a lot of people say, how many days a week can I work out? You know, there's lots of different theories on it. And all the different fitness certifications tell you how many days a week. Now, I always suggest to people anywhere between two and four, two being the minimum. I would not ever really tell anybody to do two. Uh, I would say don't do under two. If you're only doing one, then you're just not trying that hard. Um, Two would be a bare minimum, but I would say three or four is probably pretty good. I'm not saying you can't go five if you don't want, but then you you know you got to really focus on your recovery. And I think for the average person, probably that three to four days a week, I'd say four. If I had to pick, four would be a beautiful number. But you know, not I, I don't want. It's that kind of like we talked about in one of the other uh, podcasts. It's that all or nothing mentality. Well, if I can't do four, uh, I'm just not going to go. So you know, two days a week, okay. Three days a week, okay. Four days a week, beautiful. Five days a week, that's great too. So you know, two to four days a week, working on those major compound exercises, um, focusing also on the core. Now, a lot of people get the core wrong, and they don't quite get understand what the core is. The core is that whole trunk region that kind of starts at the butt, goes right up the top of the neck. Uh, it's your abdominals on the side, and it's your abs on the front. So 
when you're training your core, you have to think about it as a, a circle. So think about it from 360 degrees. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to just do constant abs, you know, just sit-ups and crunches, because that's only focusing on one part of the circle. You want to make sure that you're, yes, focusing on the abs is important. Focusing on rotation, twisting from side to side is important. Doing things like side bridges where you're working on your, um, where you're working on your obliques. Things like planks, um, hollow rocks, any of that sort of stuff too. Okay, that's, um, the, the planks are going to work on the lower back. Um, the hollow rocks are going to work kind of on the whole kind of midsection right there. So focusing on 360 degrees in the core, but also don't get into this headspace that the core exercises mean you're laying on the ground. There's a lot, you know, number one core exercises really are a heavy squat and heavy deadlift. You need core strength to get those up. Um, taking a barbell, this is a little more advanced, but taking a barbell and hanging some kettlebells from it and just doing a walk, you are going to feel your core. Um, another awesome one that, you know, is super easy to do, requires no skill, you can go right now and do it. Pick up a heavy dumbbell or kettlebell in one hand, just like if you were carrying a suitcase, Keep your body nice and upright, good posture, and walk. Walk about, you know, 30 meters, 50 yards, whatever it is. Put it down, switch hands. So that's what they call a suitcase walk. And if you want to put one in each hand, then that's called a farmer's walk. Uh, well, a farmer's walk is awesome. It's a great core exercise, great for the hands. I find, you know, if I want to work on the core a little bit more, you know, if I really want to focus on the core versus, say, focusing on my grip strength, I like to use the suitcase walk because you don't have, you only have the weight in one hand. So what happens is your body is going to naturally want to you know lean over to the side you have the weight in, and you have to fight that by staying nice and straight up. That is an amazing core exercise, obviously, and you're walking, so there's no lying on the ground. So get out of that headspace that in order to do core, you have to be lying on the ground. Um, another great core exercise is just putting on some boxing gloves and hitting that heavy bag, you know, all that rotation work. That's just amazing stuff, you know, the crunching down and the popping up, um, throwing those punches, throwing uppercuts and hooks. You know, if you're throwing them properly in an uppercut, you know, you're bending down probably a good, you know, um, yeah, I'd probably say, you know, if you're standing up straight, you're probably bopping down a good 15%. And then you're popping up hooks, you know, you're throwing a nice big 180 degree circle. So kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai, anything like that, you know, even just in the air, just, um, put, you know, find a video on YouTube and just do some cardio core. All that sort of stuff is um, really good for your core. So think about the core from 360 degrees. Now... Other things you want to do, we also have two different kinds of exercises. When you think about exercises, you have what's called bilateral and unilateral. So when you think about it, bilateral, just like bicycle, means two. Unilateral is like a unicycle, meaning one. So let's talk about something like a squat for a minute. Let's say you're squatting on your two feet. So you got your two feet and you're squatting down. Now that's a regular bilateral squat. Now, let's say you go and you can grab a TRX, you can use the wall or you can use anything there. Maybe you can just do it with balance and you stick one leg in the air and you go down on the other leg and you come up. 
that's a one-legged squat and that's unilateral. Now, that's probably one of the most advanced unilateral exercises you can do. But something simple is switching from a barbell, because barbells are very bilateral because you're holding the bar with both hands, to going to dumbbells where now the arms are working independently. And you can curl with the right arm, curl with the left arm. Maybe it's an overhead shoulder press. You can do 10 with the right arm, 10 with the left arm. And the beautiful thing about unilateral work is it kind of hits the core a little bit more because, again, there's that weight that's pulling you off either to the left or to the right, and you have to use your core to keep yourself straight up. Um, the other thing, too, is you're going to find where your weaknesses are. So maybe I can grab a 40-pound or, you know, 18-kilogram dumbbell, and I can push that with my right arm over my head 10 times quite easily, but my left side, maybe around eight or nine, I'm starting to struggle a bit. That lets me know that um, my left side's weak, something that you don't really find with a barbell because there's no compensation. The right side's not helping you. So that's when you discover what your weaknesses are, which is the beauty of dumbbells. Dumbbells are really, really, really underrated. One of the reasons you know a lot of people don't have them is because you need so many. You can go buy a barbell with a few plates and you have a whole variety of weights on one tool. Dumbbells, you have to go buy a whole rack for like $1,000 for the most part. Um, I actually just picked some up recently. Um, they're kind of your cheaper home ones, but you, you can buy the little plates you can put on the side. So they go everywhere from about five pounds right up to about 35. So they're great because now I have a, one, two little dumbbells and I just keep a whole bunch of little plates. It's kind of like a mini barbell. You know, it's even got the little clips on the side, which is uh, great. So dumbbells are extremely underrated, but they're extremely good. And actually a lot of the bodybuilders, a lot of the strongest people in the world, for the most part, they don't use barbells. A lot. They actually, there's a lot of dumbbell use in there, especially bodybuilders. A lot of those guys, they're using dumbbells a lot. Um, you can get better ranges of motion. You could, on a bench press, for instance, you can go up to the top, and then you can twist your arms in, so you actually twist the dumbbells, which is going to give you a little more um, uh, tweak on the pectoral muscles. It gives you a little bit more range of motion. You can go down a little bit further because you don't have this bar hitting you in the chest. So dumbbells are great, you know, unilateral, bilateral. And the next thing you want to make sure you're doing, okay, especially for those of you that are over 35, you know, everybody has to do it, but over 35, this is a must, okay? You have to work on flexibility and mobility every single day. You read any of those guidelines from, um, you know, uh, NASM, NAFC, ACE, any of those large international personal training organizations, they talk about flexibility training every single day. As you get older, you'll start to get stiff, especially if you're taller, you're going to get stiff. You want to be able to maintain that flexibility and that mobility because if you have the mobility to go through a tire range of motion properly, you're just going to get better results strength-wise at the end of the day. If you only have the mobility to do a half squat, then your squat technique, your, your squat technique is going to not be very good, and the results you're going to get from squatting are not going to be very good. So, some basic mobility work, focusing on the main joints like the hips, the ankles, the shoulder, and the wrists. Okay, those are going to be some of your big points, and flexibility. And if you don't know a lot about that, you know, again join a local yoga class. It's really easy. They can do some great stretching there. 
find some videos on YouTube, go grab a book on stretching. Um, there's so many resources nowadays. We live in the age of information where there's really no excuse to not know a few things. Um, you can go to Kelly Starrett's site. I believe it's uh, Mobility, Mobility Wad. It's on Facebook. He has tons of great videos and stuff that you can do. Um, lots of great little drills you can do to work on your mobility. So flexibility, mobility, really important. You know, just... 15 minutes of it a day, even 10 minutes of it a day. Um, just make sure you do a little bit of a warm-up first. Do a few jumping jacks and something. You don't want to stretch extremely cold. Um, one thing I haven't talked about yet is cardio. As you get older especially, we have to keep up with our cardio. If you're over 40, you must do cardio. In fact, this is really interesting, that... You hear about all those markers about longevity. Well, you know, in order for you to be healthy, you have to have a cholesterol of this or a triglyceride level of that, whatever it is. The number, the, the two top ways that they can estimate your longevity, meaning how long you're going to live, is based on two things. Your aerobic capacity or your VO2 max, meaning your um, endurance so meaning that if you have a high level of endurance that you can maintain a good cardio workout over an extended period of time mixed with strong lower body weight so people with a good cardiorespiratory system and a strong legs those are the people those two put together are people that will live the longest. Those are the two highest markers of natural longevity there are. So, all that stuff about triglycerides and cholesterol and everything else and all those other markers, none of them have been proven to work as good as just seeing how your aerobic capacity is and if you have good, strong, lower body strength. So, you know, Doing cardio, extended cardio for about 30 minutes. Again, you know, that probably four days a week if you can. Low impact though. We want to keep our cardio low impact. So sprints are out. That's not to say you don't do sprints. Sprints are great to do if you're trying to lose fat and you want to get lean, you know, once a week, maybe twice a week. Tops an all-out sprint session is absolutely amazing. Just make sure you warm up properly. Make sure you got the right shoes. Make sure you're probably not sprinting on concrete. Um, but focusing on those, you know, endurance training that, you know, some jump rope, some old-school treadmill, elliptical, some bike, whatever it's going to be, some swimming any of that low impact stuff that's going to keep your heart rate working in that nice aerobic zone for about 30 minutes or more, that is going to set you up for success. So um, I think that about covers it, honestly. Um, so what do we talk about? We talked about, you know, when you're strength training, keeping your exercises compound for the most part. I would say 80% of them should be compound movements. I'm not saying you can never do a bicep curl again. Obviously you can, but keep those for the end. Um, knowing your numbers. And again, like I said in the comments and stuff and in the write-up, I'll post those numbers that you're going to want to know, um, those main movements. Um, two to four days a week, four being that magic number. Um, 360 degrees when you're working on your core. Don't think of the core as just the abs. Think of it as the full circle. Doing bilateral exercises, that's on two hands or two feet. Uh, and unilateral, that's where your dumbbells are going to come in and maybe some kettlebells if you're into that sort of stuff. Flexibility and mobility, very important, especially as you get older. 
and focusing on cardio. Find a form of cardio you like. If you don't like running, if the idea of running for 30 minutes boggles you like it does to me, I, I get on the treadmill and after four minutes, I'm like, oh, this is freaking terrible. It's so boring. You know, um, get some music rocking. Obviously, that's number one. What I did actually is I bought these um, waterproof earphones from Sony. Um, so now I can swim and I can listen to my music. And now the new ones actually have Bluetooth in them new. So now I can actually put on the podcast that I like and I can listen to a podcast while I'm doing my swimming, which one of my podcasts that's coming up very soon is actually um, uh, 10 ways to increase your productivity. And one of those things is multitasking. So now that's what I can do. I can multitask my listening to a podcast because I try to listen to one podcast a day at least with my exercise. So that is great, you know. So those have, that those earphones have made a huge difference because while I enjoy swimming, it can get cut just like treadmill. It can get kind of boring, but the music makes a big difference. But if the music isn't doing it for you, then find a kind of cardio that you can do. Just make sure that you keep that heart rate steady, you know. Uh, all that hit training, we're going up and down, up and down, up and down. That's okay. But what I'm talking about is just steady state endurance training. You can mix it with some sprints. You can mix it with some hit. But, um, you know, try to focus on some steady state stuff, okay? That stuff's really making a big comeback right now. So I think that's what it, guys. So I hope you enjoyed this episode on optimal exercise. Like I said, I have another episode coming up very soon on optimal nutrition, um, which is going to be a lot of fun too. Again, it's not rocket science sort of stuff. This is just giving you the facts. Uh, it's giving you the stuff that you need in order to feel better, be healthier, be more successful in whatever it is that you're doing day to day. So... Make sure you guys go to my site, www.roaralexander.com. You can also join me on Facebook, Instagram, of course, my YouTube page where I post all my videos. And if you go to my website, um, when you get there, make sure you download my book, 30 Days to an All-New You. It's got some great tips in there that are going to help really just turn your life around on a 180 in the good way. So make sure you guys download that too, okay? And then uh, keep your eyes out for my Thrive Life Anthology book that's going to be coming out very soon as well. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a collection of all the hacks and ticks and trips that I've learned over the 20 years I've been in this industry and just all the different stuff. There's some of the world's top people and mixed with some of my own experiences. So that's going to be a fun book. It's just an anthology of health and awesomeness. So again, guys, www.royalexander. This is the Thrive Life Podcast, and thanks for tuning in.